Hashtag SAFM Talking Point. It's 15 after 10 o'clock. Let's get straight into our conversation for this hour. We're talking about the Moonshot Pact. Is it now on shaky ground? Um, joining us for this conversation, Lulu White is a founder and CEO at Elections Management Consultancy, Consulting Agency of Africa. That's EMCA. Lulu, good morning to you. Thanks for your time this morning. Good morning, Kathy. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. And Michael Beaumont is with Action SA. He's the national chairperson. Michael, good morning to you. Morning to you, Lulu, as well. All right. We have... Hi, Michael. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you. So we had also extended an invitation to some of the other parties that, um, you know, are part of the Moonshot Pact, at least um, the conversations that have been taking place so far. Um, the Freedom Front Plus saying that um, they were unable or they're unable to join this conversation. I'll read out a bit of the statement that they sent us a little later on within the hour. Uh, Hotazo Madisa is a political reporter for the Sunday Times. Hotazo, good morning to you good morning Kathy. how are you doing i'm well thank you you know I, I think a good place to start it off would be perhaps to get the reflection of all of our guests on where they believe we are with this initiative of trying to get some conversations around coalitions and a framework i think what's clear is that there is very much a need for a conversation around coalitions and a potential mm. framework, but there just seems to be disagreements on what the model, what the structure of that really needs to look like. And that's where we have the different interests um, of political parties, civil society also then coming into play. Lulu, let me get your view first. Uh, thank you very much. I think... Um... It, it, it's it's quite obvious. I think everybody has been talking about it over the last few months that there needs to be a better way of, of governing coalitions, as it were. Um, the current structure is very informal, and that is why there's no consistency um, with regards to how these, the, these, these coalitions actually play out. And I mean, we've seen the collapse in 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 all three major uh, metropolitans. How quickly they've they're very fickle. The relationships are very fickle, and thus far they seem to only uh, be governed by what political parties can actually gain out of of the coalitions, as opposed to having a common goal of how they're going to be servicing the people that they're supposed to be servicing. But while we actually uh, take that into account, we also need to take into account the fact that the South African electorate system is a proportional representation system, right? And, and and when we talk about this moon pack, one of the first questions that immediately came to my to my head was how then will the election, you know, how then will the election be carried out if this moon pack is to go into a national Tab, national and provincial election, such as the one that we're going into next year. And, and I feel, you know, that from where I'm sitting, I feel that political parties are actually wasting their own time because they should be focusing more on building their substructures on the ground up 
and building their capacity in terms of making sure that they're able to contest as political parties in the next election. Because this moon pack is, is it's not something that the electoral system is able to accommodate at this point. It's an informal organization, it's an informal structure that people will not be able to take as a united structure to take it to national, uh, to national assembly or to provincial legislatures. Um, you know, perhaps if you remember a few years ago, we once had floor crossing. Perhaps if that option was still available, it would be something that would then enhance the moon, the moon pact agreements, as it were. But in its current form, I do not see how political parties are going to be able to achieve what they intend to achieve with it. All right. Lulu, th- thanks for those opening remarks. Khotato, a lot of jostling then taking place behind the scenes um, between parties. Your own reflections, you know, as a political reporter who, who's, of course, had the opportunity of covering this particular angle. Uh, y- yes, Casey. Um, now you can see that, uh, you know, parties um, are aware or have accepted that we are likely going to see you know, uh, some form of coalition uh, arrangements, even probably at national level. Um, provinces such as, you know, Gauteng, KZN, most likely the, um, the Free State and the Northwest are most likely going to, to be governed by some form of a coalition. So you can tell that, you know, these political parties have sort of accepted uh, this and are working on, you know, trying to see if you know they can go into some form of a, a marriage of convenience with uh, different parties should they fail to, to 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 reach majority so i think that reality has sort of set in um, among all the parties of course um we are likely going to be confronted with you know some interesting uh, 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 you know marriage between between parties that are very far apart on based on ideologies and all of those things. All of those things, sorry. So, yeah, we are in for, for quite an interesting time after next year's election. Okotato, when you speak to the representatives of different parties, do you get a sense that everybody is clear about what they want out of the process? Is the vision around something like the Moonshot Pact, is it clear and is it shared? The moonshot pact is, I think it's going to happen. Um, these guys will sit down this week. They will come up with some form of an agreement, a, a pre-election agreement. They will, that will happen. However, there's some divisions. They, they, they don't seem to be aligned on some core, core things that you know, they should naturally be aligned in. I'll give you an example. The DA has refused to invite all the parties. So they've refused to invite the EFF, they've refused to invite Patriotic Alliance and some other smaller parties into this uh, coalition pact. They say mm-hmm. it's because you know these parties are seemingly aligned uh, to the ANC because you know they either govern with them or have previously governed with them in, in some of these municipalities around. Actually, SA doesn't believe in this. IFP does not also agree. They they believe all parties should be um, invited into this. If we were to, you know, uh, 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 fully challenge and have an opportunity to properly challenge the ANC in these coming elections. So that's the first point where, you know, there's sort of disagreement uh, uh, when it comes to 
to, to this. But also, two, Freedom Front Plus and Action SA have come out to say they want the DA to sign a declaration basically saying, South Africa, we are going into this pact. We commit that you know, no matter what happens, we will form coalition with parties that are in this moonshot pact and that we will not go into a coalition with the with the ANC. This obviously comes up because, you know, when you look at the national uh, dialogue on coalitions that took place, the ANC and the DA seem to be, um, you know, making same proposals around what should happen uh, 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 around, you know, the governing or, or the, stab- the stabilizing of coalitions. So they became a bit worried around, you know, you know how aligned these two parties seem to be, but also rumors are abound that you know the two parties are planning on forming a grand coalition and whatnot. So the DA has previously refused to sign this 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 declaration, but so has the IFP. Well, the IFP says that they want to keep their options open. Um, the DA sort of says the same, but you know there seems to be. They seem to, the HNSA and the, and the other and Prism from Black seem to be believing the, that IFP is not working behind their backs with, um, around having you know, negotiations with the ANC while having talks around forming a, a, a you know a coalition of opposition, opposition parties. So they don't agree on that. The DA still refuses to sign um, this declaration. They don't under, uh, they, they they haven't explained really why they are refusing because I, IFP is clear on why they, they they don't want to sign it. But the the pact also maybe as a last point have failed to attract even, you know, new entrants into into the political yeah. space. I mean parties like Bosa, Rising Zanzi, Shiluba are sort of they have not they're struggling to, you know to to buy into this pact. You know, why some say because the ANC the DA has this big brother mentality around you know how the pact should be done. They want to be at the forefront of the thing and seem seem like they own it and stuff like that. But others are, are just you know just not finding resonance with what the pact is trying to do. Maybe let me pause there for now. All right, okay. all right. Thanks for that, Khutazo. Uh, Michael, let me bring you in here. You of course are the uh, Action SA's national chairperson. Talk to me about trust, Michael. And how big an issue that seems to be, and really still very early on in the game when it comes to any work that can be done through the Moonshot Pact. Yeah, certainly. And if you don't mind, Kathy, can you just respond to a couple of remarks made as well? Uh, you know, it's certainly no confusion on our part about how these parties contest elections. These parties will contest with individual election, uh, political parties in the elections. Uh, there will be no such thing as a, a pact or multi-party group on a ballot paper. And we believe that's important because South Africans must have choices. Uh, a lot of South Africans are checked out of the political process because they are unhappy about the choices available. Reducing those choices would not be a good idea. And certainly, I don't think there's any confusion in that regard. As it relates to the question of trust, it is a challenge. You know, in, in countries where coalitions succeed, there is trust relationships that exist between political players, and those trust relationships are in place before you start to negotiate these agreements. We don't have that luxury in South Africa, because on the one hand, there has been a deficit of trust between these parties, 
But at the same time, we have a country that desperately needs change. Uh, it's very clear when you look at market research showing as much as 80% of South Africans believe the country is moving in the wrong direction. People are clearly looking for a political alternative. 27 million South Africans have stopped voting because they feel there is nothing that kind of warrants belief uh, that the ANC can be replaced by something better. And I think this is the opportune moment, uh, whether we like it or not, at, at this time. These political parties need to come together and provide that alternative. You know, I think the views of Khatatso, I mean, I, I note them, but you know, I think Khatatso also bear in mind that it's a long election campaign. We are nine months away from an election, and the parties that will come to this convention next week will not be the parties that will ultimately form part of this agreement uh, by the election day. I'm convinced many more will join, because ultimately, you know, to focus on how this thing was announced by the DA, uh, which was completely improper and trying to appropriate it in an acceptance speech at a, at a DA elective conference, doesn't change the fact that South Africans want this process to succeed. We are looking at real numbers of people who are looking at this process saying they believe they believe it can be successful and they believe it needs to be successful. So from that point of view, we will have to build trust as we go. But what we mustn't do as political parties is make important decisions based on how we feel about each other without regard for how the South African people feel about this process. Michael, for me, there's also something interesting about sort of the positioning of the Moonshot Pact, right? Because it's clear, I remember the first meeting that that was held um, on on the East Rand, that this is an, an initiative to unseat the ANC. Is that still the case? So is what brings all of you together the fact that you want to unseat the ANC? So let me start actually by putting everyone out of their misery in as much as saying the name Moonshot Pact will not emerge from this convention. Uh, it is agreed by all parties that this thing will need a new name. Uh, and we will emerge from the convention with a new name because no one actually knows what a Moonshot Pact is. And it's a very strange idea. But I think to, to deal with your question, you know, without any doubt, um, there is a view that this needs to be more than being anti-ANC or anti-ESF. I think actually says representations, particularly into this process, is that we will not join any agreement that defines itself as being anti-something. We must join an agreement that is defined in positive vision for South Africa, an alternative uh, vision for our country, one that people can look at as a new direction, and people will draw their own conclusions as to the fact that this is a new direction from a current one and who's responsible for the current one. Uh, and that this thing must be grounded in what solutions are jointly shared between these political parties to address the greatest challenges in South Africa, like our economy, our joblessness, our crime and our load shedding, etc. Because ultimately that's the terms that I think South Africans are looking for. I think South Africans are set up of hearing politicians talking about politicians. And they want to hear political parties that talk about their issues. And All that's right. certainly what we are looking for. I think the one thing I will say, Kathy, Ma- is Michael, clear about this. Michael, let me just pause you there. I'll give you an opportunity to complete that thought. Um, it is 10.30 now. It's time for the latest news headlines. We'll continue this conversation in a moment. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. 
We continue the conversation on the talking point. We're discussing the upcoming uh, convention on the so-called Moonshot Pact. What is the future of this pact and where do things stand now? A part of the conversation, Lulu White, she is founder and CEO at the Elections Management Consulting Agency of Africa. Michael Beaumont is Action SA's National Chairperson and Hotato Madisa is a political reporter with the Sunday Times. So, Michael, I want to give you a chance just to uh, complete your contributions and then I want to hear from Lulu. We'll also take some calls on this conversation. Certainly, and I'll be very much to the point. But I think as a final departure point um, and building on that idea that this agreement will need to be framed around a positive offering for the South African people rather than being anti this party or anti that, we do need to understand and be unapologetic that the first step to fixing South Africa is the removal of a government that has failed South Africa. And I don't think there's any extent to which being unambiguous about that point is a contradiction about this agreement being framed in positive offerings to the South African people, given that we regard the removal of our government as the first step in a journey to put our country moving in the right direction. Lulu, let me come back to you. You know, Michael is saying that ultimately this is not about an obsession with being anti any political party. But certainly, you know, when one looks at sort of the rhetoric around it, um, there very much does seem to be an obsession about the ANC and, and the move to unseat the ANC, to get the ANC out of power, which is why you also have this anxiety seemingly around the DA potentially closing up to the ANC. Um, definitely. Um, unfortunately, you know, never mind what Michael is actually saying. The reality is that um, the, the moonshot pack looks like it's 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 a structure that is there to 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 sort of unseat the ANC. So the rhetoric is around ANC, and I always talk about how political parties inadvertently and indirectly advertise for the ANC by the fear that they have of the ANC in the manner in which they speak about the ANC in every campaign that they have, which then also then makes people focus more on the ANC and, and, and less on what they're supposed to be achieving as political parties. But also something that's also come across strongly now is the fear mongering. Um, with regards to the EFF, there's now a sort of new fear that they're introducing about the EFF, that EFF should not be allowed into governance because of ABCD. So you realize it's, 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 it's the positioning in its current form is not, you know, when you're looking at an election, right, the communication that you should be having should be a communication that is positive. You you know, political parties need to start instilling faith and, and, and hope to South Africans. We're looking at the rest of the continent. The continent is changing. There's been regime changes throughout the continent. Now, people are looking at South Africa and saying, when are we experiencing this? And they're looking at this. And in the beginning, perhaps um, the moonshot pack could have been looked at as something that could work for, for, for the improvement of the lives of South Africans. But like I said, you look at the coalitions that have been headed by the DA um, and, and people are, are really not thoroughly convinced that if they have not been able to maintain and, and show changes in their own places where they're currently in coalitions, 
what guarantee do they have that when we get to national and provincial that they're going to have the same thing? And also Kutato spoke about something very key and which, which has also come across very strongly, that the DA acts like as the big brother, it's the older brother of this of this pact. And the, the, the reality is that the DA has not been able to keep uh, black voters. And instead, their numbers have started declining. There's a very strong um, lack of trust, particularly among black voters where the DA is concerned. So how then uh, how then do they come back and they want to appear as though they're the older brother of this moon pack, which then introduces the fact of people will not trust the moon pack, um, uh, the moonshot pack, as long as the DA is heading it as well. So there's a lot of factors around it, but the fear mongering and the the, the, the negative ro- uh, rhetoric that the, the, the shot the pack has with regards to the ANC also does not bode them well. This uh, this idea that you started us off with, Lulu, about South Africa being a democracy that really centered around proportional representation. Ultimately, the way in which these negotiations take place may very much be, they may change tone given what actually happens in next year's election. And those that perhaps right now um, have some kind of a say. You look at a player like Action SA, they haven't contested national elections, but they seem to be a significant partner in the in this conversation. Of course, based on what happens in next year's election, if they do well, that could change. If they don't do well, that could also change. Absolutely, you're correct. And and that's why I think when we started, I said political parties really need to be focusing. It's misdirected. I think what I said was this is a misdirected priorities as far as these political, all these political parties are concerned. Because you've got new players such as uh, Action SA, Shiluba, Rise Africa, all these new political parties are big players. And now you've also got Bossa in the mix. All of these political parties are new political parties that want to impact the sitting at National Assembly. Right now, if if the, the attention is going when you're advertising as the moonshot pack, what exactly are you campaigning as? You've got now two centers of power. Instead of focusing on 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 your political parties, now you're also focusing on this pact and this agreement and how it's supposed to. Political parties need to actually be doing better. I think South Africa at this point, as voters, we need we need we need a we need a better alternative. Right. And the moon pack, um, the moonshot pack does not seem like the, the correct alternative, certainly because also the electoral system in South Africa does not support it. How will it work? That's, you know, for me, the minute when I heard that, like I said, the first thing that came to mind is how will it work? Is it another informal agreement that political parties are going to go into? Or is this something that political parties will go to the IEC, have registered? Because there was a, a whole shot about it on, on, on social media where there were all these flags and they were, you know, and I, in my head, I just kept on thinking, how, what are the semantics? around it you know we're getting one political party that, that because that's the only way by the and, way and 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 Lulu can and sit at the ANC you have to be one political structure that is able to have impact and have large numbers of voters unsitting the ANC Lulu the, the fact that Michael has clarified that and said that there is going to be uh, no multi-party grouping at least on paper these parties are going to be contesting the elections as themselves representing their own organizations. Yeah, so it shows that it's a, it's a long it's 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 it's, it's and I'm and I'm very sorry that I have to say this, but it is a long shot. 
It really is a long shot. Um, Action SA is a new political party. It's a new political player. They had impact in the previous elections. I think that perhaps that's where they need to be focusing their energies on. The, the DA needs to be focusing on how they can get new voters, people that are going to be able to be interested and understand the vision that the DA currently carries. People have lost faith in the DA. The IFP already has um, a very strong support base and they're just building on. Have, them having won local government elections with the number of uh, municipalities that they want. They're actually in a very good position to grow as a political party. And so there's a lot of other dynamics that are coming into the mix, which in my view, I feel that the Moon Pack, while it is a, you know, like I said, it's it's, it's a great idea on paper, but it's, it's not practical in terms of our electoral system as South Africa, mm. as a country. Okutato, let me bring you in here. Th- this idea of who gets to lead this 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 grouping right this force of 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 parties is that something that has featured prominently in the conversations um and is that a deterrent to why um there's also the apprehension we're seeing about um at least from those uh, organizations that have decided to to hold off in, in being part of these conversations Look, uh, it has not featured that prominently. Um, I think the parties, uh, the opposition parties, are just focused on, you know, sitting down and seeing if, you know, they they agree on, you know, certain principal issues around what this coalition uh, or this pact uh, is supposed to do. Um, yes, there's been, you know, uh, concerns that, you know, the DA believes because it pronounced this moonshot pact at its uh, national congress that you know it should automatically lead uh, uh, this pact should it win a majority in 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 2024 and yes there is a bit of apprehension from other parties i mean even from from plus spoke to the sunday times about it and saying they do not believe that you know um a party like a uh, someone uh, like John Steinhead, for instance, should lead uh, uh, the pact. I mean, they even went on to say they don't believe South Africa is ready for a white uh, uh, president. So the issues of leadership of who leads should the pact win are there, but they are not featured prominently. Yet. I mean, these guys, I, I still have to sit down to agree on on on, on serious issues around what are they what is it that they're trying to do and are south africans in agreement is it not confusing to south africans what they are trying to do because i mean i hear i, I hear Lulu and I, I i think there's some confusion as to what the the pact is is supposed to do the pact is not going to contest election as a pact they will contest elections individually and then they then go and sit down and say okay if we tally up the numbers how much do we have do we have uh, the majority? Do we have 50%? Do we have 48? What do we have? And then from that, then say, okay, let's, if we do have majority, what, what's the next doing? What's the next uh, thing that we do? Okay, we're going to choose um, uh, who leads where, who does what, and, 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 and. But they're not going to contest as a pact. The pact is it's, it's a post-election post agreement to say, if we win, as opposition parties, if we topple the ANC, if we take the ANC below 50, below 45, what do we, what what do we then do with with this power that has been given by South Africans? Should it come to that? So yes, um, in conclusion, the leadership issue has a reason, but I don't think they're there yet, and I, and I think correctly so they mm. shouldn't, because you know issues of leadership 
um, cause a lot of tension and a lot of friction, uh, which may even collapse this thing before it even starts. So I think correctly so, they are shying away from, you know, speaking about who leads this thing before um, um, prematurely. Thank you. All right. Let me go to Cape Town. Yanga, good morning. You want to contribute to this conversation? I'm well, thank you, Yanga. Go for it. No, of course, you see, the problem is if this um, um, program that is led by the DA was based on principles, it was going to be um, um, um great um, initiative, but it is not based on principles because the DA um, wants to, you know, to, 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 to swallow these smaller Nyana parties, you know, so... I'm glad that um they they, they came to their to their senses and 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 and, and realize that no like um the DA want to 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 behave like um United States you know uh, to to be a a big brother in this thing because actually look the aim of the DA is to reverse the little that um the African National Congress has tried you know. When we speak about um, um, the DEE policy, I think the DEE policy, um, when I was kid, I cannot, you know, um, 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 yeah. that uh, benefited, you know, um, the 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 you know, the likes of Peter Mutiye and then President Kennedy, the previous one, but. Policy itself, you know, um, it is a good policy. So the DA wants to create the policy instead of putting the system to make sure that um, these elites, you know, don't abuse the system. And the system benefits the majority of um, um, Africans who were not um, allowed to, to, to participate in the economy. Instead of, like, um, you know, having the system to keep these people um, aside who have abused, you say you must do away with um PE and um um employment equity. So um I'm glad that this um parties, you know, um are beginning to come to their senses to, to see that um the DA, you know, actually the DA it is an extreme organization, you know, who doesn't want to recognize um, um, our past, you know, to say that the majority of South Africans were, were not allowed to participate in the in the economy of this country. Thank you. All right. All right, Yanga. Uh, thanks for that view. Lucky, you're in Pretoria East. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks all for the opportunity. And uh, I agree. I couldn't agree more with Lulu and the gentleman from the Sunday Times. Their understanding of what is happening currently in the political setup of South Africa is very much spot on. But here is my proposal, which I've also given to some people who decided to own it without understanding it and coming back to me to say, explain to us what you mean by this. Let me paint a scenario. You, you stop meddling with uh, the professional representation. Each and every party that qualifies to get a seat according to the current arrangement, let them have a, a, their seat accordingly. But you determine a threshold, let's say the 40% that has been bandied around. 
each and every party that gets 40 and above, those two parties should be the only parties that are given an opportunity to, to form a government. You cannot have a party with 25% and another one with 20 and another one with 10. Just because it's 55, then they can form a government. That arrangement will be chaotic. So the parties that will reach the threshold, let's say one gets 41% and the other one gets 40 Those two parties are the only parties that are given an opportunity to go down to the other parties with lesser percentages to look for partners to reach the required 50 plus one. The first one with 40% is given the first opportunity to form a government and a time frame to say form a government within 30 days. If you can't form a government within 30 days, then the opportunity is given to the one uh, with 40% under the same conditions. If it also cannot form a government, then you call for a rerun of the elections. You cannot assemble bits and pieces up until you get to 55 and say, this is your government. That thing is not going to hold and it's not going to represent the, the, the will of the majority. So Lucky. I hope... Yes. This idea of the threshold was yes. brought up in, in the National Framework Dialogue that was held out of the Deputy President's office, and um, it was resisted. There are some political parties that said absolutely no to a threshold, despite the fact that the threshold was between 1% and 2%, Lucky. 1% and 2%. Now think about how much a, a party would have needed in the previous election to secure just that that one percent that i think it's 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 close on just about um a hundred thousand votes you know you know why 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 the threshold was, was rejected is because it was uh, presented badly it looked like a threat to smaller parties to say uh, because it meddled with uh, the, the issue of professional representation where uh, an impression was given that even the requirement for a party to get a seat will have to be lifted to, uh, so that that party must reach a particular place. You don't meddle with that part. You leave all the parties as they are. Uh, whatever qualifies them to get a seat, let them get a seat along those lines so that all parties can be represented in parliament. You don't touch that part. But you create a threshold on top to say that the party that has to form a government, the party that has to have a right, to go down to the smaller parties with lower threshold to try and make a form a government with them should have re, must have reached forty percent. So those if, if for instance let's say let's say ANC reaches forty percent and DA reaches uh, forty or EFF reaches forty, those are the only parties that have an opportunity to form a government. The first one with forty is given an opportunity to go and talk to the smaller parties to form a coalition. Uh, to reach the 50 plus one, if it fails within the stipulated time frame for the right. rest of 30 days, then you give the second one. If both fail, then you rerun the elections. You cannot go and get pieces and, piece and pieces of smaller parties at the bottom and add them up to form a government. It, it, it doesn't do it that way. All right. Lucky. Thanks for that contribution. Lucky out in Pretoria East. Michael, let me hear from you. Well, certainly, I think Lucky makes a number of uh, good observations. Um, and, you know, particularly Action SA is also in favor of a threshold, although Lucky is talking about a threshold to establish a government where the discussion up until now has been centered around the threshold to be admitted into the legislature. Um, and certainly, I think the proliferation of parties is making the running of coalitions extraordinarily difficult. I mean, if you look at Etiquani municipalities, there are 15 one-seat parties. 
Uh, and any government there is going to have their hands full. Uh, you look at Johannesburg, you know, the Speaker of Council um, got 2,000 votes out of 1.85 million voters, and yet that individual collapsed the majority coalition. And I think these are all examples of why a threshold is going to be necessary going forward. Uh, but I do want to say the following, both in response to the first caller, whose name I regret I didn't collect, uh, as well as to Lulu's remarks as well, is that I think any intention or any view to write off the prospects of this group of parties achieving the majority is fundamentally misplaced. Because it has to be factored in that while these parties numbered around 30% in 2019, a number of developments have taken place since. Firstly, Action Ito's launch has seen the party become the sixth largest party in South Africa despite only contesting six municipalities in 2021 out of 278. When Action Ito contests nine provinces, a lot of votes are going to be brought to the table that have never been at the table before. We know the IFP's growth, and I know Lulu mentioned that, but the most important thing that has not been factored into the views uh, by Lulu and others is that 27 million South Africans have checked out of the political system and are not voting. Now, let's put this in perspective. 12 million people voted in the last election. So when you've got 27 million South Africans, even animating a fraction of that number of people is game-changing. And certainly the ability to do so will depend on a group of parties that contest as individuals, but demonstrates what's been missing in the political equation up until now. Because people can see the ANC is falling below 50. People can see that with their own two eyes. What they have never seen is any degree of coherence or common sense emerging from the other side of the aisle. And that is what we seek to resolve in this, in this convention next week. All right. Thanks for that, Michael. Khotato, let me give you a parting shot here. Yes, uh, thanks, thanks, Kathy. Um, I just wanted to, to also add, I mean, you know, the issue of threshold, Kathy, um, as much as it's 1%, my feelings about it are a bit, yeah, they're, they're a bit mixed. Because if you look at the parties that reached 1% in, in 2019, and you then use that uh, benchmark to predict what is likely to happen in 2024, only 5%, I mean, only five parties, rather, will make it into the into the National Assembly because only five parties made it uh, uh, into the National Assembly last year. So, obviously, parties like HMSA seem to be well-headed to uh, reaching over that threshold. Um, but previously, a lot of parties would have, if, if we do use that, uh, if we go that direction, a lot of parties will be left out of the system um, because a lot of parties couldn't reach that one uh, percent. Uh, Seems small, but if you take what you know, the number of, of actual votes that the party would have to get it's around seventy thousand, seventy-five thousand, if I'm not mistaken, which is which is quite a lot. And a lot of parties didn't get that in the past in the past election. Right. But but you know. Thresholds are there in a lot of countries. Actually, a lot of countries have um, thresholds that are up to like four, five percent. Meaning, if you if you had that in South Africa um, in, in 2024, you may even end up with less than four parties. Which is why a lot of smaller parties were against this this this, this threshold. All right, I believe it should it shouldn't. Okay, maybe just uh, last. I believe it shouldn't be a threshold to get to national assembly, but it should be a threshold to 
be part of a coalition. So if you have less than 1%, don't form part of coalition because it will stabilize it should you decide to leave on a Monday or whenever. But still be allowed to, 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 to get to the National Assembly. All right. Lulu, I've got 30 seconds for you, please. But I think if, if we have to go with thresholds, um, the same part, political parties that are currently ruling would still be the parties that remain if the threshold system had to be introduced, if the threshold is that high. Unless then you lower the threshold and then you make everybody an equal player, then chances are it will go well. But like I said, sentiment is not really looking positive for the DA. And as, the, as long as the DA continues to appear as though they're the leader of that moon, moonshot pact, there's not going to be a lot of support um, that will come, whether from South Africans, the voters themselves, or even other political parties. There's a lack of trust um, that has happened between the DA and particularly black voters of South Africa. All right. Thank you. Let me thank you all for being part of this conversation. We're edging towards the latest news.